Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what will sports look like if, say, there's, I don't know, no fans in the stands? I got an idea what they could do uh, to make things interesting. We'll talk about that. And Fred Willard, remember the great comedian, best in show, anchorman, all of that? He passed away. We've got some thoughts on him. Uh, my good friend and longtime columnist of the Tampa Times, Tom Jones, now of the Pointer Institute, is going to join us on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, Tommy, uh, you're back again two days in a row. Yeah, man. I want to keep this going. I want to see if we can have a streak. We're streaking. Yes. We're streaking. Um, <laughs> We're so, streaking, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, uh, that's a lot of fun, and I appreciate you being with us. Uh, I want to talk about – let's start with – you want to start with Fred Willard, or you want to go – Yeah, you know, I want to tell a Fred Willard story because we – Yeah, I let's was do on that. The show, I was on your show yesterday, and I didn't get a chance right. to talk. But Fred Willard, great – comedian oh funny actor yeah. best in show waiting for guffman anchorman uh, all that was um, just uh one of my favorite all-time comedians but <clears throat> i, I want to tell a story so uh years ago he was in a movie called um a mighty wind and he used to talk about he, he played this character who was like who had a tv show and his catchphrase in the name of the tv show was what happened and he would go around to what happened what happened so years ago, there was a TV reporter who covered the Montreal Canadiens. Like, he was like sort of the local, like Dick Crippen type, if people remember Dick Crippen around here. Oh, I got some the, Dick Crippen stories. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, you know, nice guy, <laughs> super nice guy. And this guy looked a lot like Fred Willard. I never thought of it, but the guy who told Kind of me, like Fred Willard, like an anchorman Fred Willard yeah, kind of like thing? A, yeah, just like a... You know, he just he just reminded you of, like of Fred Willard. Ted Ted back Ted Knight type. Yeah, you Will- know, kinda of along those lines. So what happened was mm-hmm. I didn't really know I really didn't it, it didn't hit me, but Paul Kennedy from Sun Sports yes. came up to me one time and he said, Hey man, he goes, Doesn't that guy remind you of Fred Willard? And I said, Yeah, actually he does. And Paul Kennedy, who's like great with imitations, says, uh, yeah, he looks just like he goes, I keep waiting for him to come up and go, What happened? And it would crack me up every time. So we're covering the 2004 Stanley Cup playoffs. And the Lightning are playing the Montreal Canadiens in the second round. And we see this guy. He's in Tampa. He's in Montreal. We see him at every practice, every morning skate. And so the Lightning go up. They're up two games to none. And they're in Montreal for game three. And this was the game where the Lightning was down late. Score was like two to one, I think. Late in the game, Vinny LeCavier scores this incredible goal, stick between his legs. Between his with, legs, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. with like maybe, I want to say like 17 seconds left or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ties the game. So then they go into overtime, and like maybe a minute 20 into overtime, something like that, Brad Richards scores, and the Lightning wins in overtime. And the Canadians, what a gut punch for the Canadians, because here they were 17 seconds back away. Back in the series. Or back from, in the yeah, series. from being down 2-1 in the series. So now they're down 3-0, and they're, you know, basically their season's over. over at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So we go into the press conference, and we're talking to players and talking to, to the coaches. We're, while we're waiting for the Montreal coach to come in, and it's – I, I, I want to say it was Claude Julien, but it might have been Michelle Therrien, whichever one it was. And it's somber. You know how it is. Like all the Montreal media is there. The season, season's almost yeah, over. Tr- yeah, people are trying to be respectful because this is just, like I said, a gut punch of a loss, just a kick in the teeth. And so this guy comes, uh, the coach comes walking in, sits at the, at, the, at the press conference table. And all of a sudden, this Fred Willard-looking dude comes running in last second, like huffing and puffing because he just got done talking to players or whatever. And so everybody waits for a second. And then the PR guy goes, all right, questions for coach? And the Fred Willard guy next to me, <laughs> no, he's didn't. standing right next to me. And he goes, uh, just one, uh, one question, coach. And just then, no. Paul Kennedy, who's sitting behind me, whispers in my ear, what happened? <laughs> 
I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard. And it's like it's like being in church. Like you don't want to You can't you, be that guy. You can't be you can't laugh, but, it, but the more you can't laugh, the funnier it the gets. The more you laugh. Yeah. Right. But it would have been the perfect question like, coach, what happened? What happened? And uh, <laughs> he looked like Fred so, Willard. Every time I saw Fred Willard, I would think of Paul Kennedy. And Paul Kennedy was like, it was so dead perfect. Like, just whispered in my ear. I was the only one that could hear it. What happened? So to this day, the other day, Fred Willard passed away. Yeah, and I got, a, I got a text from Paul Kennedy. No, you said, didn't. What? what happened? And he sent me <laughs> That's the awesome. YouTube clip. I of, uh, of that particular scene. If you get a chance, go on YouTube and look at it. But it was, uh, so that's my favorite. I actually met Fred Willard once. We were, I was covering the Stanley really? Cup Finals, like 2001, I want to say. Whichever year, one of the years that uh, New Jersey was in the finals. And me and a bunch of hockey writers between games of the Stanley Cup Finals on, a, on an off day went into Greenwich Village in New York. And there's a comedy club there. And Fred Willard was just there watching. And so I saw him outside. I didn't really talk. I just said hi to him. And there were a bunch of people gathered around him. He was signing autographs and stuff. But, uh, but uh, yeah. You so. didn't go up to him and say, what? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> but one of my favorites. So if you ever see Paul Kennedy, ask Paul Kennedy, what happened? That's a great one. What, so he, what was your best? I mean, Fred, was it best in show? Was it Anchorman? You know, I like, actually what? thought, like, uh, Waiting for Guffman. Was, he was really funny yeah. in that. Yeah. So I, I, both those Christopher Guest movies, like that, best in show. Um, mighty wind. I just thought he he was uh, he was a st- he was eighty six too. Yeah. Um, he also was on a show like a bazillion years ago that was called uh, Fernwood Tonight. I don't even remember that. Fernwood like, Tonight. Yeah, they mentioned yeah. that in his obit. With yeah. Martin with Martin Mull was like, and it was yeah. like a fake. It was like a fake talk show. Was Martin Mull ever funny? You know, I thought he was funny on that show, but I bet if we went back and watched, it, he's the one guy like I never quite laughed at. You know, I'm you okay. Know. Ready? Are we we're gonna do controversy? Is that what this is about now? We're no, we don't have to do controversy. No, but I'm, I'm just gonna saying do controversy like, right now. No, we don't have to because <laughs> if you want to, we can. I'm two gonna things. I'm gonna give you I'm Comedy gonna give you an idea of some show. I know where you're going with this. I, I got wrong. two. I got two. Right? I got <laughs> okay. two. One's gonna be super controversial. <laughs> the first one is Big Bang wrong. Theory. Never laughed. Never <laughs> laughed out loud funny. at the Big Bang Theory. It's and, funny. So no. So and here's the funny thing. What here's okay. I'm gonna lose total credibility at this point. Yeah, you so are. one day, I, my my wife and I have this running gag where I like I'll turn on the TV and Big Bang Theory's on and I'll watch it and I'll and I'll legitimately watch it for five minutes and to never try crack to a laugh. smile. No, You'll never try, crack. Though, right? Like I have stone face the whole way through. Like not. Even, I'm not even like trying not to laugh. It's just like not a tickle. Nope, nothing. Not nothing. So I was home by myself one day and I'm like, well maybe it's maybe I just don't. I, maybe I think other Give shows are funny, but I don't really laugh. But I'm yeah. watching big, so I'm like, I'm gonna just flip around and find something's got to be on. I love Seinfeld. I don't mind Friends. Mm. I like Cheers when it was on. I'm yeah. like, maybe I'm like, all of a sudden I came across here's Golden Girls, the Golden Girls. I bet you I won't laugh at this either. Can't be funny. And I looked at it was 30 seconds, and I laughed out loud. Out really? loud, I laughed at something at the goal. So I'm like, so Big uh-huh. Bang Theory, nothing. Here's the other. This is gonna be the real controversial one. And it's it's going to be sad because the guy's passed away. You know who I thought was overrated? Like, overrated. Robin Williams. Not funny. Not You're funny, not funny, not funny. Come on. Like, when he did this, like, when he came out and he did this sort of, like, riffing where everybody was just, like, dying all over the place, cracking up and falling all over, like, Johnny Carson. Or, I was like, this isn't, this isn't funny. But yeah, see, he had, do you remember Jonathan Winters? You remember I remember I got yeah. there was a comedian was named mentor, Jonathan, right? which was his mentor, and he and Jonathan Winters, he sort of stole his whole shtick where he would go in and out of characters, right, all at the same time, right. But it was genius because he was so good at his imitations and his improv, and but, it's I mean, tiring. So like you have to invest a little energy to follow it. You know, it's a little bit like uh, watching Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. like you know, you're in for a, you're going to have to pay attention. Uh, you're gonna be in the room where where they uh, where they made it or whatever, right? Um, but it, it's but but Robin Williams I thought was was genius. Now the great I love them in movies. Like I, I like, was gonna say good. the great thing about Robin Williams was he had depth of of uh, acting. Like he could no, be good a very hunting. serious actor. Yeah, Good Will Hunting. I'd watch that. He was in Awakenings. Yeah. I love that movie. He was in mm-hmm. like every, everything he did, like movie wise. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, love yeah. That one. okay. I'm I'm on time with that. Yeah, good. Yeah. But like just when he. And it, like some of his like bits too, like when he came out and did stand up, fine. But when he 
when he started, he was like, oh, oh, and, and just started doing like the like the uh, applause meter with his arm and stuff. I'm like, it's not funny. I don't get this. Really? No. Well, it was, and I almost think it was like, even if I thought it was funny, I was annoyed that everybody thought it was the funniest thing. You ever, you ever work somewhere? Right? Yeah, there's an overreaction where, where like, like when the boss walks the through and the boss yeah. makes a joke and all of a sudden it's like, ha, ha. It's and like you know they're just full of And it's just like, come on. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not that funny, you know. Yeah. So that's the way I feel about Robin Williams. Like I almost got, I was more like, nope, not funny because everybody thought, oh, he's just a genius. He's so funny. I, may, I'm sure I'm in the minority on this. But well, see, you, you, you zig when everybody else zags. That's why. But not, I'm not a contrarian. I'm not spring-loaded for negativity like the old Fred yeah, back are. in the old days, Temple Terrace Fred. No, I. it just was one of those like – because I like other shows that other people like. Like I said, I like Seinfeld. I like Cheers. I like. Now, is there a show? And I'm glad we got off to, off this topic because it's a good it's a good one for you. Because I'd heard this about you before. <laughs> we've, we've done shows like this. So, is there a show that only you think is funny and most people don't? Like, is this this weird sort of dark humor thing that that you got going that others don't I'll see? Have to, I'll have to think hard about that. Um... Like my favorite all-time comedy ever, I think would be Seinfeld. So, and I, but a lot of people like Seinfeld. Um, so I don't think there's any movie or show out there that, like, were like I'm not one who's like uh, just a contrarian. Just like, oh, actually, Cocktail was a very good movie. Like, I'm not that guy. You know, <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. Well, hey, well, come to think of it, that uh, or Leaving Las Vegas. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, boy, you can only watch that so many times though before you're just depressed to know i always but, want to have a drink i don't know why yeah but it's uh you know like so no i don't think there's any now how about you let me turn it around on you is there any is there any show music uh celebrity that people love or and you think eh, don't really get it not really don't really think that's funny don't really think there's some actors like there's some actors that i think are better than other people think that, that i think they're better than people think they are um, you, I'll give you one. Brad yeah. Pitt. Yeah. I, like I think Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not Lawrence Olivier, but I mean, he's, I think in a way because he's a pretty boy and all that, you know? Right. But See, I always felt it, that way about Robert Redford now, like, as far as like overrated. I and I don't, you, oh, you thought Robert Redford was overrated? I thought he was the same guy in every movie ever. Like, but he was a hell of a good but, guy, wasn't he? He well, was a he was a movie star. He was you're a, a movie star. star. He is a movie star. That's what but the like, old time movie stars were right. like, though. Yeah, the, you're right. But you know? like, like Bob Woodward, like he played Bob Woodward in All the President's Men, was the same guy that he played in Electric Horseman. Was the same guy that he played in uh, Three Days at a Condor, which is the same guy was the Sting. Like he, it just felt like he was the same guy. He was Robert Redford in every movie. You know? In The Natural, he was the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a damn Roy Hobbs, Roy Hobbs, and Bob Woodward. <laughs> Same guy. If, if Bob Woodward could swing from if the Bob left Woodward side, Bob Woodward could swing a bat, or Roy Hobbs could like follow a, a uh, public records request, they would be the no, same. There was guy. some stakeouts. There were some stakeouts in that movie too. Exactly. Speaking of going back to the day before, right? right. Um, no, no doubt about yeah, it. I, I don't think. Yeah, Robert Redford overrated. Eh. See, now, now I'll go with you on the Brad Pitt. I'll tell you a guy who I think is just a phenomenal actor. I know who, who you're going to say. Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I think he's tremendous. Pretty good, pretty good. I think he's an, pretty he's good. an outstanding actor. Got a lot of range too. When you think about him, from Django to you know, from Django um, to the Reverend to you mm-hmm. know, uh, the, I saw Departed. that movie again the other day. The Reverend, but that's yeah. a hard movie to watch. That is a hard movie to watch. Once, Even when you know what's coming, one yeah. and out. That's it for me. Really? Oh, you didn't see it more than once? No, I saw. It. No, I don't. I mean, I've seen it Do on, you, and I'll watch a scene or two. But. Let me tell you where you don't watch that movie. Uh, if it, for those of you who haven't seen it, and I don't know how we got on movies. This is fantastic. Uh, this is fantastic for the podcast. Uh, There's no sports to talk about, really. So. No, but it's, and that people will enjoy this. Here's where you don't watch the Revenant if you haven't seen it on an airplane. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Because one, you, you're you're nervous that everybody else is seeing you watch this movie. Right. And two, it's for whatever reason I get more physically ill. I got. Almost reaching for the for the uh, sanitary bag, will ill <laughs> the when that bear, bag, yeah. W- yeah, when that bear showed up, yeah, and started doing what that bear did, mm-hmm. what bears do. I couldn't take it, and I knew it was a movie, and right. I still couldn't take it. 
That was a hard. That's a hard movie to watch. And I'm a big, I'm a big DiCaprio guy. He's really good. Yeah, he's yeah. good. But I can't but, think of any movies where, or like I said, I can't think of what you asked that that I I think is great that nobody else really. That nobody else. I I can't think of one either. I mean, I I don't know. I like I tend to skew towards the older movies, but um, you know, the one thing I will say here's what here's what I'll tell you, and this might surprise people or not. I don't I don't care. Um, never got Star Wars. Don't get it. Not interested. I, I understand. I don't like them. Don't get it at get all. It. Don't get it. I'll give you another guy. Thinking about going back to the Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, sort of the good-looking guy, yeah. so good-looking that you Leading forget man. he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another guy that I mm-hmm. really like. Like Tom I don't Cruise. say he's a tremendous actor, although I think he's better than he's given credit for. And pretty much everything he's in, I'll watch. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I knew you were going to say that. You know, yeah. uh, what he does off the camera, whatever, man. But yeah, a little weird. It's his but, business, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like, if I, I'll sit down, I'll watch Mission Impossible, any of those. I'll watch uh, uh, Jack Reacher movies. I'll watch Top Gun. All the, uh, you know, and he went through a string there, when you think about it. Between, well, Top like, Gun made him a superstar, right? Right. Yeah, well, and Risky that and Risky Business and all that, but you're right. But, like, there were, he had a string there where he was in movies with big-time actors. And Dustin they, Hoffman. Like he was with Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. He's with Jack and, Nicholson. And he got ripped off in that, by the way. The guy that carried that movie was Tom Cruise. And Dustin Hoffman did the same thing throughout the entire movie. And, and won who won the award. Oscar? Dustin and Hoffman. It, and he had the easiest of all roles, in, and, in and Like I said, but he was also in, he's in A Color of Money with Paul Newman, who won mm-hmm. an Oscar. He was in uh, A Few Good Men. I don't know if Nicholson won the Oscar, but I mean, he stole that movie with that scene at the end. But he playing did. off of Cruise, like... Cruz right. was in, he's been in a, a lot of movies with great actors, and the other actors did. I, I say that, too, about, like, there, if you go back, I'll give you a movie that you and I both love, Training mm-hmm. Day. We both love Training Day. Oh, love Training Day. You know who, I'm Denzel. telling you, and we, and we talk about Denzel. Denzel's always great. Denzel, right? You know what? Ethan Hawke is so good in that movie. He's a really good actor, yeah. He's unbelievably good. And, mm-hmm. look, Denzel won the Oscar, deserved it uh, all day. But I'm telling you, like, Ethan Hawke was so good in that movie. And I don't know that Denzel wins the, the Oscar without the performance that Ethan Hawke gave on the other side of him. So another guy, I got a little underrated. girl. There's an underrated guy. Yeah. Ethan Hawke or Denzel? Yeah, No. Well, then no Denzel. I mean, he, he's up, he's up near. Okay. Best, best, best and a uh, training day. Really good. Best Denzel movie. Which one do you think it was? You know, I watched, I don't, I, it's funny you mentioned Denzel cause I, like he got game was on the other night and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but, um, but I watched it for a little while. Uh, I think Training Day, yeah. Training what I liked about him in Training Day, it was like he's a bad guy. Like it's, oh, he's not Alonzo? a good Yeah, Alonzo's not, not a good guy. Man. He's not a good guy, man. No. Nothing that we say about like him. Like they say the movie, like I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's, uh, but yeah, that, that by far. That's but his best that's character, I think, of, of all the roles that he's played. I'll give you one. Have you seen Fences? Yeah. Not you know what? Not all the way through. I've seen it all. Oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. And it I doesn't play a, chance... a good guy in that either, right? Or not no. really. No. Well, well. I mean, like, no, not he's a bad. Not a... Like yes, but no, right? Like, he's he's a guy kind of caught in his circumstances. He's a hard yeah. guy. He got a little caught up in his circumstances. You know, he was a he was a tough father. You know, um, yeah. There's there, he's a hard guy to embrace. He's very difficult to love in that movie, right. and that's the whole point of it. Um, but that was that was one for sure. And we should probably yeah. talk. I mean, any actresses that it, that you that you look at and go like, eh? Like I'm a big mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Like whatever Meryl Streep's in, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm down. I'm down for that. But she's pretty good. Yeah. So. Eh. Um. I don't even know how we got on the on the topic. I don't either. I don't either. Movies, but I, I, I'm actresses. I'm not. I'm watching more movies now though than ever. Right. Without the sports. I think most people them. are. I think a lot of people are on Netflix. A lot of people are rediscovering series is too, you know, like TV series. I, I'm still, I'm that guy that didn't watch anything. Yeah. So literally when I retire, I've got 20 years of television that I can watch that I don't, the wire. Um, yeah. See, I got stuck on know. the wire. I started watching, I was into it. And then for whatever reason I stopped. I what was the one that everybody watched? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the dude, uh, the sold, um, uh, sold drugs. Breaking uh, Bad. Breaking Bad. I, yeah. I don't. My son's got, a big Sons of Anarchy guy. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any of that. 
Sopranos. Sopranos, I, I did watch Sopranos in real time. Right. Sopranos, I get. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, I got a bunch of series that I could watch. Now, are you one of those guys, Rick? Like, I, I've always asked this question. It's, it's the famous question everybody gets, like, every, yeah. especially when Powerball's up to, like, $500 million. And <laughs> What would you do? And, yeah, what, so they said, well, I'd have to work. I couldn't just sit around and watch <laughs> TV all day. Me? I got news for you. I could sit around oh, and watch man. TV all day. We've established that. It's Judge Judy for you. Judge Judy, Law and Order. I could watch Law and Order. If there was a state, special crimes unit or just unit, law no and order? regular Law and Order, no no SVU like law yeah. like the regular New Jack Orleans? McCoy, Lenny Briscoe, Law and Order like no 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 New Orleans no no that's CSI all that oh that's and, then uh, CSI yeah. Law and Order just straight Law and Order. See, I confuse these all day all day really? long. Yeah, we'll get that. Angie on every Harman, minute. Angie Harman, Law and Order. Oh law, yeah, Angie law? Harman, law, Carrie Law, Joe Henderson, whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, any of them. Yeah, I could. I don't have to work. I could. Uh, now I would probably. Dun, 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 dun. Just so I don't feel bad about myself. Would like, would you weigh like three hundred pounds and just be? No, I would still like get like walk a little bit or do something. And I, I would I would like to think I would do something like, you know, Meals on Wheels or something, you know, some sort of charity. But the rest of the time, yeah, I'm watching TV. I could watch TV. <laughs> you sell like that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'll come watch it with you. I, I as long as it's on the beach. That's all I ask because I've lived my whole life in Florida and never lived on the beach, but occasionally uh, good friends of ours let us have their condo for whatever reason. They like Valerie more than me, so that's not unusual. Well, Mark Topkin lives on the beach now. so I know. I said to Mark Topkin. I haven't been invited go, yet, by the way. You, you have no, my invitation. Seen some, seen some great pictures, though. Yeah, some every day outstanding sunsets. Great sunsets. I said, Mark, here's the thing. You're making us all look bad because that's the home you get to after you retire. Right. You can't be working and living there. That's like totally uncool, totally unfair. In my I, all I know is, you know what's better than seeing pictures of a sunset on the beach? Being on the beach Being and watching the, the sunset. Yeah. Well, it's that's me. what we did this past weekend when I took a breath between Tom Brady and the rest of the So world. you didn't stay home. I actually stayed home, and I actually watched NASCAR. I, I'm not a I huge saw it. NASCAR I was at the condo, guy. but I did see it. So I thought of all sports – it's the best. It's the best without to watch fans. without. If we're going to watch sports without fans, mm-hmm. that's as close as you're going to get to normal without fans. Because, and Steve pointed this out the other night, the soundtrack of NASCAR is not the fans. It's the cars. Right. You never really hear. I mean, there are moments where either at the end or if there's a big crash or you, like, or if there's a big pass or something. Yeah. Where it's almost to me, and I, I may be wrong about this, that the TV networks like crank up the sound of the just so fans, you can hear them. Just yeah. so you can hear them. But I think, yeah. on, and I'm sure if you're there, it's a completely different feeling. Oh, sure. But on TV, yeah, it, it, Steve's right. I mean, when you hear, uh, when you're just hearing the engines roar by, and the other, mm-hmm. the only other sound too is maybe you hear like the the pits, or you hear they'll they'll plug into the the crew chief talking to the driver or whatever. That's right. But I think the rest of the sports. Now I watched the golf a little bit. That was different. Yeah. Uh, hearing yeah. no sound, but it wasn't. I mean, golf is generally a quiet game anyway. For the for for like half the time you're watching, you'll hear a roar if a guy makes a great shot. But yeah. I just think Rick, when we get to if we get to the point, I think that's what's going to happen initially. We're going to have sports with no fans. Um, I think it's going to be weird watching basketball or hockey or baseball or football. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, even football. Because even if you football, watch though, like, no football though, they you you understand that the networks have said or predicted accurately that they will pipe in artificial sound of fans during the football game to where, as you watch it on TV, if you're not taking you know shots of the empty seats, um, you'll hear reaction as if as if a good play, bad play, you'll hear fan reaction because that's you that's the way we are used. To hearing Joe it's Buck like a laugh Toyota. track. It'd be like it's a like, laugh track watching. Exactly that. like a laugh track, yeah. except what they used to do in Minnesota when the Vikings played back in the Metrodome. <laughs> exactly. Pipe in fan, fan noise. I'm okay. That's what it's gonna, I, I think I'd be okay with that. May, I think I'll maybe, tell you why it's going to work fine. Um, I mean, there'll be some glitches, obviously, but like, do you ever play Madden? Have you ever played Madden recently? Yeah, sure. If you get on Madden and it's Charles Davis, and I don't know who else is the PA, the play by play guy, but. You know they they have reactions based on what's happening in front of them and what 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 the announcers say about the play in front of them, and the crowd is secondary to that sort of. And so if it's a bad play, you hear the crowd. If it's a good play, you hear the crowd do something else. 
And I'm telling you, because that game, the simulation is so good, it's hard to know you're not watching a real game. Right. But the sound of it sounds just like a football game, you know, because you have big-time announcers, network announcers, and the crowd reaction. And that's, you know, now, obviously for the players, it's a whole different deal because they don't get that, right? They're not piping in the sound to them. But I think for viewers just watching at home on TV with sort of ambient sound, yeah, it's going to sound the same. It's not going to look, obviously, at empty stadiums. Although I would – here's my – I'm more I, worried about the sound than I am about what it looks like. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. But, I, again, they're going to fake the sound. Which They'll is fine. Like sound. I said, I think you can fool – especially when it comes to football, I think you could fool your way without fans. Like baseball, you'll notice it a little bit more because there will be – you know, because um, you see the fans more when you're watching a baseball game. Yeah, probably. Home but runs, I, foul balls, all that. You know. I think what they should do, and somebody's proposed this in some league, and forgive me, I don't know where, but I think it's a great idea. In lieu of fans, if they say no fans for this sport or that, they should have cardboard cutouts of everybody who would normally be there. No, seriously. You purchase a cardboard cutout, and it sits wherever your seat would be, and the camera can scan around and see you going crazy or sitting on your hands or whatever your, whatever your pose was, and then you donate that money to charity or whatever and people make money, but at least you have a stadium full of sort of flat Stanleys, if you will. They're just, right. they're just cut yeah. out people. Right. I like the idea. It's I not like, quite uh, the mummies in the restaurant. Like have you seen the, the restaurant in some country that has mannequins in place of people? Like no. you can't sit at this table. So we put mannequins uh, there. Interesting. That'd be a little no, creepy, wouldn't it? That, yeah. It's hmm. very odd. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer on this, Rick, but I just, yeah. I still have a hard time ima- imagining this, how this is all going to work. Uh, and I know we're, they're still figuring it out. Everybody's trying to come up with a plan. We're mm-hmm. talking about states reopening, and I'm not saying yeah. they shouldn't reopen. I, I'm just saying that I'm envisioning, and I, and this is where people are going to accuse me of being a Debbie Downer, but I think you have to consider like worst case scenarios. I still don't know. Somebody needs to answer this question for me. So we're going to play. On Sunday, the Bucks are playing the the uh, you know, the Saints. Yep. And Mike Evans tests positive for coronavirus. Yep. Yeah, now, that's too now bad. What? Now what? He's out. Mike, Mike Evans is out. And what about the other forty? You know, nope. They're playing. They're playing. Yeah. Why wouldn't they play? I mean, we're not going to sit them down for two weeks. We're not doing not? that. I mean, we're yeah, we're going to test. We're going to test. And when when they come back positive, then they're out. And so forth and so on. Here's what I think is going to happen. And look, I'm not a scientist or Nostradamus like you. And God help us all if this thing turns again and we have hospitals overrun like we did, you know, potentially in New York City and other places. I mean, as we're taping this podcast, more than 90,000 people are dead of coronavirus. And in this country, we are in May. We're in the right. middle to the end of May. We're not, we're not to June yet in this country alone. So there's no way to describe what, how devastating that is and the loss of that is. But failing certain hospitals being uh, you know, threatened to be overrun or you know, the pandemic just spiking up to the, to the point like New York City or Chicago or wherever the areas are, I think that we're going to learn to live with this as if we're hopeful of, of, you know, something will come that the vaccine will come that will will make us whole again and and prevent deaths or slow the death rate or whatever, much like the flu shots do. But it's possible. Uh, I think they're going to come up with the vaccine, but it's possible it's one of those things we have to learn to live with somehow, some way that it'll change right. our lives. It'll never be normal the way we remember normal, but. Come 16, 15, 16 weeks from now, 
if there's one league that will play with fans, I think it's going to be the NFL. With fans, you say? With fans. I think it'll be the NFL. And I think what they'll say is, yeah, we can do our the best we can to try to keep some separation. But let's be honest, the common areas in the stadium, the bathroom, the concession stands, et cetera, we we don't have the ability to set. We can put little stickers on the on the floor, or whatever. But there's too many people. If they all decide to, you know, go to the bathroom at the end of the first quarter, there's right. no way we can get people apart. So it's going to be on you when you go to a restaurant. You take the risk when you go to the restaurant that that the the waiter doesn't have COVID nineteen. If you're if you're immune compromised, you know what? You probably shouldn't have gone to the restaurant. It's it's such little things, Rick, that you don't even think twice about um, before, like grabbing a menu at a restaurant. You know, touching oh, yeah. the menu. Like, oh, oh yeah, the menus are clean. Or if you if I think about going to a ball game, grabbing but, a hot know, dog and I need ketchup, yeah. so I'm going to go over and I'm going to touch that. Right, ketchup you're not going to do that. No, nope, you're not going to do that. A hundred people have already touched. Nope, that's not happening anymore. And the restaurants have, by the way, are thinking about you thinking about menus, and that's why. The restaurant that my wife's uh, involved in in marketing at times has decided to go with menus that are disposable, as opposed to the kind of. In plastic I think it's going to be one of two things. Yeah, it's down. either going to be a, a disposable menu, or mm-hmm. you're going to look at it on your phone. You know, here's yeah, that's our, possible here's too. Our, yeah, here's here's yeah. our website. Go to our phone, and our menus yeah. are there. Now, like I said, Rick, I'm not advocating, or I'm not saying like we need to shut everything down, or we need to open everything up. I don't know enough about it. Nobody knows yeah. enough about it. I'm just saying I'm having, I'm having a hard time getting past that question of mm-hmm. worst-case scenarios. Like, what if? And if there's one team that just gets overrun, like the Tampa, if they, when you wake up on the first week of the season and mm-hmm. 30 Buccaneers have tested positive for coronavirus, we're not going to shut the whole league down because one of 32 teams nope. can't play. And, you know, James nope. Franklin from Penn State – took some flack immediately for the idea of saying, look, if there are conferences in, the, in college football that have two teams that can't play but ten teams that can, mm-hmm. we're not going to shut the – you know, people are going to want to play. I and agree he got crushed for that because people said, oh, excuse us, Jane. Well, I, it was actually a pretty funny line by Steve Politti from the New Jersey New – Jersey, uh, dot com columnist up there he said excuse us james while you step over the dead bodies to, to make another trip to the citrus bowl but <laughs> at the same time I, I think james franklin like when we had a day to think about it well he's kind of right oh, we're going to shut everything down because oh, he's like, exactly the, right he's like, exactly the big 10, right the big Ten's going to even if it involved penn state like wait a minute Wouldn't so care. penn state and rutgers can't play so that that means Everybody else, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, nope. Iowa, like they're not going to play because Penn State can't. Like that's not, no. there's too not much money involved. Too much money involved, and the thing is, the NCAA doesn't really control it. Um, that's true. Everything's controlled by the conferences. You know, the NCAA may be the governing body, but in general, conferences make their own schedules. Conferences make their own rules. And I'm here to tell you that if Missouri can't play this year for whatever reason, oh well. They're not, yeah, they're not part of Alabama's the SEC. not going to get shut down because of no, that. no. Alabama's playing, Georgia's playing, Texas. You know, I mean, different conferences. Texas will be playing, and and and, and even on top of that, if for some reason there's not enough teams, say in the Big Twelve and the SEC, you might see a merger for a year. You right. know, you you might see ten teams that, you know, play some kind of schedule where they each play each other twice or whatever or once and. And call it a day, and it it might be a combination for one season only, you know. And of course, the biggest thing is which schools are going to go back. Are they going to have students? Are they going to have guys right. and girls in on campus? Are they going to be taking online courses? Is that considered back? Right. Right. Uh, Notre Dame has this idea. We talked about it the other night, where they might bring their students back in early August, thinking that they could be done with the semester before the holidays at Thanksgiving. And that's when perhaps a new fall spike would or winter spike would occur. Right, because you know, the, yeah, the sort of colder flu gets season, the, the, the flu COVID-19 season, flu season, season yeah. comes back, or the COVID nineteen right. season comes back, and um, they want to complete the semester, you know, while it's relatively lower than it has been. Um, but I, I just kind of, I mean, and again, none of us know. God forbid, we find ourselves in a similar or situation when this thing started and have to go, you know, back inside and all that, but. I think it's just going to be generally, you know, 
protect the vulnerable, the elderly, whatever. And as far as sports goes, you know, take your own responsibility for your choices. If you're going to go to the game, you're going to the game. You know that you well, can catch that, something. And I've said all along, Rick, that I, I, I don't think we should crank sports back up until we have, like, basically the way life was pre-coronavirus, which is we're not going to test anybody. This is just life now. We're back to – and that may take a year before we actually have a vaccine and testing and all that, you know. But I worry about this idea of we're going to test people. We're going to keep people away. We're going to test the players. And I think we've always gone on the assumption that everybody's going to test negative. But I just – like I said, I keep wanting to know, like, oh, what if, like, 10 people test positive? Then what are mm-hmm. we going to do? Here's the other right. Here's the other question I have. It's a little bit different, Rick. Like – I really hope there's a football season, not because football is my favorite sport, because it's not. Hockey and baseball are my favorite sports. But I really hope there's a football season. I really hope there's a baseball season. Oddly enough, like, I'm not sure I have the appetite to resume a hockey or basketball season. And, I may, and I'm sure I'm in a minority and I'm, there are people who want it. But it's like we've had this season, then we shut it down. Are we really, Now yeah. we're going to start it back up and we're going to have a playoff? Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like over that now. Like, I don't – it doesn't feel like it's the same season. And I don't know that I'll feel the same about the champion as I would if it had just been a normal season. Do you get that sense at all? I mean, do you want to see the Lightning play again? I know Lightning yeah, I do. fans do. Yeah, I do. I mean, there's been a gap, and I know I know what you're saying. And you could say, well, you know, there's not a continuation. Therefore, it's sort of like a second season. It's not really the Stanley Cup. There's loss of momentum and all that. But you know what? This is a year unlike any other and next year we'll roll into that and and maybe they start the season later you know but place right through i mean i i just think these are rare times and uh they're big businesses you know i think sometimes we forget that this is big business as much as it's sports it's the business of sports and all those people that make their living um around the periphery of it which is good for the economy good for uh you know people at emily arena good for everybody and so I do want them to come back, and I don't care what form it takes, and I don't think it's going to slight the championship or do some kind of you know um, asterisk or anything like that. It's 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 competition. It's they're the best in the world. They have to deal with adversity in their lives, and just like anybody else in their jobs, Lord knows we're doing with it, dealing with it as journalists. It's not ideal. I haven't seen a player or anybody face to face, you know, from more than. 100 yards in well, quite a while. Let me ask you another question about that. Okay, let's say that we get to the NFL season and they decide, okay, we're going to start the season, but it's going to be without fans. Um, maybe it's not in every stadium. Maybe they centralize something. Or maybe, you know, let's even say that it is in a certain stadium. Or, or, or like the first week, New Orleans. Like the Bucks are at New Orleans, right? Will you be there? Will journalists I don't know. Be at those I games? hope so. I hope or so. Or just be broadcasters? Like no I don't know. Or... I don't make the rules. I hope so. I, I would think that that would be possible. Um, baseball is going to come back to spring training, and, and it wasn't automatic, but I think they're willing. And now it might be a smaller force of us. You know, it, it could be that the AP, the Athletic, ESPN, and maybe whoever the hometown paper, if there is one, um, might be represented and not by multiple people. So it could be limited, but I, I would hope so. You know, I think it'll be weird to be at a stadium and then when the game is over, and they're talking about this in baseball, that, you know, you'll go and maybe watch these guys practice and then you'll talk to Kevin Cash on a Zoom from the same place, which is weird to me. Um, And it makes doing our jobs harder because we're not going to be – I don't think we'll ever see a locker room again. I just don't. Just like I don't think you're ever going to, you know, not take your shoes off if you're going through, you know, the non-TSA line at, at an airport. Um, I think those days are over, and I think it's going to be harder to formulate relationships and, and you know, um, have access and all those things. But you know what? Social media changed the game, too. Sure. And, you know, you got to evolve, adapt, and, 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 you know, and advance and evolve. And, that, you know, so I, I want the sport to come back first and foremost because it's entertainment. And then, you know, you hope that as somebody who, who's part of that and covers it, um, you can have access. You hope you can go to the games, but you know what? You might not ever be able to go to the games. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be different, and it may not be forever. But for this season, 
until there's a vaccine, until we feel safe in big groups again. Um, you know, this is this is our new normal. And I think you got to take each day and, and try to make the best of it and, you know, find new ways to tell stories and, and be challenged in other ways by by the adversity and, and the cream will rise, you know. And, um, you know, they're a small example of this, I'm sure, because I'm being told, that there are people, you know, at One Buck Place, for example, that think, hey, you know, uh, Tom Brady's here, and, uh, you know, it's not really cool that people are taking pictures of him working out with his teammates from a distance when they weren't invited to the practice. Right. Now they're thinking that, right? Sure. Where normally we'd be at One Buck Place, invited to sit there and watch OTAs, talk to the players afterwards, and go about our jobs, right? But guess what? This is the new normal. We don't have that access. They don't have that access with each other and the coaches. So we're all trying to figure this out, right? And I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm trying to inform readers, you know? Right. Was Is it what I want to do? No. But am I going to let another news organization have that piece when the word is out there that these guys are at Berkeley Prep, you know, and I'm just going to sit back and write their story. Right. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, hey, it's every, not like you're every, knocking on a guy's door, you know, or taking, you know, no, no, no. But everything, but everything is different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my point is you asked, you know, do I want to see that? No, I don't, but, I'm, but we got to prepare for it. It's possible it could go that way. You know, so it's 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 weird, man. It's a it's a new world. Really strange, but I just like I said, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm excited about it. I I don't know that. Um, I don't know next time there's going to be fans in the in the stands. It's baby steps. You're right. I mean, yeah, I, it's hard. Let's to see imagine. if we can, let's see if the players can feel safe first and foremost. Right. Because they're risking some things too. Well, they are, but I'll tell you the, the thing about players too, though, Rick, is there a couple of things. One, I th- there, you only have so many years to make the money that you're making if you're not. That's true. That's true. You know, so when you if you're a guy like, and and the thing is, it's not like time stops. You know, like I said, it's 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 not that you know you're not going to stop aging just because right. you're not playing the game. That's yeah. one less year you're going to play, maybe, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's another year where. Somebody else is getting drafted because we could sit there and talk about, yeah, the Tom Brady's of the world and the Mike Evans of the world, all of them are going to be fine. But when you're talking about, you know, the, the, the uh, 40, you know, the 40th guy on the team, or you're talking about the 25th guy on your on the baseball roster. Yeah. yeah. Those are guys like he's making, he might be making really good money, $3 million, but he might be two years of being out of the league. And I tell you what, in two years, he's not going to be making $3 million. Right. You know, so. I mean, a lot of these guys, and I, I mentioned it, I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was in, in yesterday's podcast with you, we were talking about LeBron James. So like, there's legacies at stake for some of these guys. Like, guys want, yeah. If, look, if I'm Steven Stamkos, for example, mm-hmm. and I'm back and I'm healthy again, like, I want to play. Why? Because I have a chance to do something I've never done, which is win a cup. Win the cup. Which is going to affect my legacy. legacy yes. Which could yes. affect me going into the Hall of Fame. Like, no doubt. These are things that, you know, it's not about the money at this point for Stephen Stamkos. It's like he wants to play again. So, he, yeah, I'm taking a risk, but the, maybe the greater risk is we don't play and I don't get, you know, the one thing that I need to check off on my resume to yeah. get into the Hall of Fame or whatever, you know. so. And everything you said there is still, I mean, you, you have to balance that with real life, which is what, you know, what is my health? What is the health of others around me going to be? I think all that, all those questions have to be answered. Right. I, I wouldn't be comfortable just saying, yeah, I'm good, let's go. Whatever happens, happens. How much of a say should players have in this, Rick? Because, that, I mean, I'm watching well, sometimes. I, I watch LeBron James, and he's pushing to come back, come back, come back. And I'm like, and there's a part mm-hmm. of me that thinks like, yeah, this is about your, like, you care about you and your legacy. It's your health. I get it. Right. You know, but. I mean, do we care what the athletes say? I'm particularly the ones well, who are they're pushing the performers. to come back. Well, they're the performers, and they can't do it alone. I mean, they have unions. All these leagues have unions, and so it's it's not, you know, a dictatorship. Although guys like LeBron James certainly have a louder voice than others, since they're in many ways the face of, of basketball. But um, I still think they have to 
collectively bargain this. I think they have to com- collectively come to an agreement. And not everybody's going to have that same viewpoint. There's going to be guys, you know, the last CBA with the NFL was extremely close vote. There was, you know, probably 58% thought it was a horrible deal. Right. But it still went through, and that that's what being part of a union is. It's a it's a democracy. It's, um, you know, it was single. You know, a singular democracy it wasn't like a percentage thing. But um, that's that's what that's what that group has to decide. And if they decide it collectively, then you know you, you got two choices: you can honor your you know your union's wishes, or you can not play at all. Well, and that's what I'm saying. When I said not comfortable, then how- don't. Yeah, I would say, well, what I meant when I said how much of voice should players have, I I was mostly talking about the guys who are pushing to come back, not the guys who are saying, yeah, I don't feel comfortable. I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. not, not not wanting to play because you're you're worried and you don't want to well, play. Well, I mean, family. even the guys pushing to come back have to, and they got maybe personal reasons or legacy at stake and things like that, but you still have to convince it's for the greater good. It can't be about one guy's legacy. It can't be about one team's legacy. You know what I'm saying? It has right. to be about the sport and what's best for the sport and what's best for the participants. And are the participants safe in general? Right. And not every every guy has to make or girl has to make that decision whether they want to compete or not under the circumstances. And they're perfectly without within their rights to say, I don't feel safe, I'm not gonna play. And But you know it's like, it's you funny know. when you th- when you think about and Rick, you know guys, if I told and I'm just gonna pick a guy. Yeah. If I told Steven Stamkos I, you can win a Stanley Cup, but I'm going to shave five years off the end of your life at the end. Would you do off it? of your life? Ronnie Lott cut a finger off the key. Yeah, let me let me put That's this a, in there's terms. a difference between a life and a finger. But my I guess my overall greater point, Rick, is that mm-hmm. look at Jordan when he talked. To, if you remember, would the his very, life been what it would have been? If no, he but, hadn't but remember, won? very early on in the Last Dance, he had broken his foot, right? And people said. If you come back too early, there's a ten percent chance that you could break it again, and you and you and you might never play again. Right. And his attitude was, "Yeah, but there's a ninety percent chance that that won't happen." And I want to mm-hmm. make the playoffs, and I want to win. Right. You know, I think a lot of guys are willing to sacrifice personal health, personal safety. Like, I think there are a lot of guys in all sports. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Who yeah. would say, you know what? I'm willing. I'm young. I'm. You know, there's a little bit of invincibility. You feel that way when you're that age. And I, right. and I think the only I'm thing healthy, I can really. I'm in great yeah. shape. I'm, if I get it, I'm not going to die from it. Um, yeah. I'll be careful. I'm willing to risk that in order to, yeah. for a chance to win a championship. I'll tell you what the reverse of that is. And, and I, I got to meet this guy, Dwight Clark, who made the catch, of course, for the San Francisco 49ers. And Dwight, when he was probably about two years, he'd just been diagnosed with ALS. We were in Montana. And we were contemplating writing a statement about it for him. And I, I talked to him about it and that, you know, he was fairly sure that his career in football contributed to ALS. And there's a higher percentage of NFL players, people that play football um, that contract this disease for whatever right. reason, right? They think there might be some relationship. He believed that he couldn't prove it scientifically necessarily, but he believed it. And but he had had this unbelievable life and um, uh, just a great life and you know and and so he was talking sort of out loud and he goes you know if I knew today that football would have caused me you know to get ALS and cut my life short would I do it all again? He goes well maybe I win two Super Bowls and have ten more years of living. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was willing to trade it off a little bit, but he wasn't willing to just take it All away. The way. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought that's pretty telling of a guy, you know, who has been through all of it and is looking back, you know, from from the other side. That those championships meant something, you know. You don't want to give it all away, right? This is that, slight. This is slightly well, not slightly different. This is much different, but it's sort of the same idea that. When you look at some of these guys like Alex Rodriguez, who took steroids, mm-hmm. and you're like, why would you do that? You were such a great player. And it's like at the end of the day, you look back and like. How much okay, money did he make? How much money did he make? Which he didn't have to give back. Nope. Uh, he's on ESPN on Sunday He came nights. through it okay. He's Young one of the came. spokesmen for the game. He's married to J-Lo Unbelievable. or Dayton J, whatever. And 
<laughs> like what? You're a good looking dude. You got, you know, you, you're making a lot of money. Things worked out Shark okay, Tank. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Was it worth it? Maybe. You know, I mean, his legacy took it in there. Some people will never like him, but. Eh. Some like, people wouldn't like him even if he hadn't taken steroids, yeah, so, right? right? I, I'm not advocating <laughs> using steroids, but I, I think it's my overall <laughs> sure point. Sure sounds of like, like you are. Well, no, it's my overall <laughs> point of like what athletes are willing to do. And look, if you told me like I could take a pill right now mm-hmm. and and be a, you know, a, a superstar and, you know, athlete or in the, in my profession and make millions of dollars, it might sh- take a year off my life or whatever, or it's bad for my health. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'm not going to sit there and, and judge these guys. But I mean, I, I would like to think that I wouldn't take steroids. I wouldn't cheat. Yeah. But at the same time, like where, where was the cost? Where was, you know, where was the downside ultimately other than uh, somebody, a few, you're not in the hall of fame. Big deal. Yeah. No, yeah. It's an interesting concept, and we're probably not going to solve it on this podcast. But, <laughs> probably not. But but it is a question that I think guys will be wrestling with and girls and whoever uh, is I, trying to come back from Yeah, and sports. I think ultimately, like, the players are – I think they're going to want to play. And I'm not saying they're wrong because it's their money and mm-hmm. it's their legacies and it's and it's their, their risk, you know. So I'm not sitting there telling them they're wrong, but I'm just um, – I would be surprised if – if we see too many athletes who are saying, you know what, I don't want to take the risk, you know. Yeah, I think Stevie Nicks said it the best. Players always love you when they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Fleetwood Mac, in case, speaking of Mick Fleetwood. Tommy, you've been great, man. Two days of Tom Jones. I could do this, I don't know, for about five years on the radio if you'd like. There's plenty of movies and plenty of actors we haven't, actresses we haven't <laughs> oh, talked about yet. So oh, we've only, we've only begun. <laughs> we've only just begun. This could turn into the movie show. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, great talking to you. Uh, what can we re- look forward to on uh, Pointer.org? Uh, coronavirus. <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, c- coronavirus, Trump, sleepy, Chuck Todd, whatever. So, uh, no, lots uh Lots to see on pointer.org, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R dot O-R-G. Sign up for the yeah. newsletter. Sounds great. Thanks, Tommy. We'll Thanks, talk to you. Wow, two days of Tom Jones and his positivity. My head's starting to hurt. We need a break from him. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do a mailbag tomorrow. You still have time. That's right, to get your questions in. They'll be answered 100% correctly. I promise you do that by sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. At SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or... My email account is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm.